Hello, and welcome to the Everybody Brands Podcast, where we help you build brands, shape your culture, and inspire your team. I'm Brian Soy, Principal of Aspire, a design and marketing agency that helps people build thriving organizations and purpose-driven brands through strategy, design, and the story brand marketing framework. Hey everybody, welcome to 2021. I can think of no better way to start this new year than by having a conversation about work, faith, and entrepreneurship. I know this is different than what you're accustomed to hearing on the Everybody Brands podcast, but for many people, faith is as essential to their business as are their skills and abilities. So I trust you'll spend an enjoyable half hour with me as I talk with John Murtha, a Cleveland area businessman, about work, faith, and entrepreneurship on the Everybody Brands podcast. Well, good morning. Uh, once again, uh, this is the men's, what used to be the Men's Friday Morning Fellowship at the La Center in Westlake, Ohio. And of course, since COVID, we're not able to gather like that, but we thank we thank uh, Grace uh, Church here in Middleburg Heights for offering this tremendous uh, video uh, presentations that we're able to record here. So today I have a good friend and guest is uh, Brian Soy. Brian, good to have you with us. And uh, before we start, would you open us in a word of prayer, Brian? Certainly would. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we are grateful to you for your, your constant provision, your constant faithfulness to us throughout um, every moment of every day of our lives. Lord, we look forward to what you're going to be doing in our lives in the future, and we thank you for this time that we have to share in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Brian. Like I said, we, we can't get together, of course, at Le Center every Friday morning, but these interviews have been proved to be a real inspiration to many of the people that are entering in through the YouTube portal and listening. And uh, I again, thank you, Brian. And so, Brian, maybe you could, you're a regular coming Friday morning. I know a little about your backstory, but not a lot. Maybe you could tell us about kind of about your life and how did you come to accept Jesus Christ and then we'll go into some of the things God has put on your heart in terms of ministry. Sure, sure. Well, I have what I consider to be an, um, an ordinary life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have some transformational uh, conversion story. Right. Uh, I was about 19 years old, so that'd be 40 years ago. I was uh, in church singing in the choir um, and grown up in church, knew the scriptures, but I didn't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point during the sermon, uh, the pastor was giving an altar call, and I, I really feel like, so if there's anything transformational about my story, it's that I heard Jesus' voice say, come. Mm. And so I just handed my choir folder to the person next to me and went up and surrendered my life to Christ. Now, were you in Cleveland at that? Were you born and raised here in Cleveland? In Elyria. Elyria, okay. Yeah, it was a little church, uh, St. Vincent United Methodist Church at the corner of Route 58 and uh, 254. Okay. Um, it's now just part of a school. So were your parents believers? You're, you're from a Christian family? Yeah, my parents, okay. parents were oh, both believers. Nice. Um, just like I said, raised in the church, uh, went to youth group, um, and just got, you know, got to know the foundations of biblical knowledge, but not, I didn't have the, the life-giving faith that oh. comes through Christ. So it's basically, it's, it, it's, it's like putting the cherry on top of, yeah, right. of, of the cake. Now, that's not uncommon that many people go to church, good people, uh, active in church, like you said, you were in the choir and they're giving and maybe per- perhaps part of a children's ministry or a young uh, 
life ministry, but they just never came to having that personal relationship with Jesus Christ that happened to you at age 19. So from that point on, what happened in your life? So then what happened after that was two years of, I would just say, passive rebellion. Was that right? Yeah, you know, and we used to call it backsliding. It was, mm-hmm. it was just two years of not living a, a life surrendered to Christ. And then uh, after that, really being challenged um, and a, sort of a near-death experience. Really? Which I considered kind of a wake-up, you know, at the two-by-four to the head. What happened? Um, just... Uh, being a young man, goofing off, um, riding a tractor. The tractor went into a ditch. I fell off the tractor. I turned around, and there was just a couple of boards over the ditch that had stopped the tractor from falling on me. And at that point, it was really that wake-up call I needed for the Lord to say, look, I need you to pay attention to me. So like Saul, you were kind of knocked to the ground and that was your <laughs> I pretty much was. Yeah, I'm in the okay. ditch. I'm covered with water. Okay. I remember just looking up and like, I'm like this, waiting for this thing to fall, and it had stopped. And, uh, and, and so and then, I've, you know, over the years, I've actually had a couple of other experiences, and you're drowning. Uh, those are the kind of things that wake you sure. up uh, and, and keep me at least focused on um, keeping my eyes on Christ. So how did you get grounded then? I mean, what uh, come to Christ at age 19, two years somewhat in the wilderness, you're not real steady in your faith at that time. You have these experiences. So what do you think then happened that strengthened your faith and your walk in Christ? So I spent a good two solid years, I call it unlearning everything I'd learned about my faith, scriptures, and studying it anew with fresh, fresh eyes and going through a, um, just one particular book that took you through the scriptures, then asked a lot of questions. And I was really faithful to writing out the responses to those questions and then starting to understand the Bible. I believe as, as you know, it was revealed mm-hmm. um, in terms of you know, God's coming. He says, here's, here's the chosen nation. Here's the, the um, fall redemption story. Um, here's who we are now in the body of Christ, and understanding that. And it took a good two years to really unlearn and relearn that. Um, and then just it's been a constant, constant over the last 40 years. Just I'm not every day, but I'm very consistent in spending time in the Word, mm-hmm. spending time reading, spending time journaling, you're, you're responding to what God says, and then also um, listening in prayer. So these disciplines you put in place over time in your own life, I know that you now use this to share with others who might be going through a struggle or not that strong in their faith, or maybe they are, but still you're adding some tools to help men and women and, and young people grow spiritually. Maybe you can share, how did you come into that, that, that almost like a teaching role? Yeah, so part, you know, part of my gifting is teaching mm-hmm. um, and just always wanting to see the world for how it could be. Mm-hmm. And so when we, and, and, and that's part of my calling is as um, very clear as to, I was called to be an artist, um, creative. And that's been unfolding itself in different ways throughout my life. And I'd say over the past 10 years, um, then, and even before that, just being able to you know, hear God's voice through the scripture and then respond to that from where I'm at in life. And in particular now, it's really around this idea of entrepreneurship and, and the worth in our work. Um, because there's so many people. And we, you know, if we listen um, as we talk to each other on Friday mornings when uh-huh. we get together, you know, a lot of people express this frustration of, you know, I can't connect my faith in my work. 
Okay. And that's just been something that's been growing in me and growing in me. And I love entrepreneurship. I love being a business owner. That's, you know, I own a marketing agency. So I am working with people who are struggling to make their business thrive um, so they can experience the rewards of that entrepreneurship. But you know, in, in you know, in our lives, if we if we limit, in a sense, our worship mm-hmm. to just that twenty minutes on Sunday morning, we're missing out on a rich richness of what we can experience throughout the week at work, no matter what kind of work we do. And so, I just wanted to, I just started responding to that, and it's basically the Lord, um, you know, over the past few years, saying, you know, share what you've learned, and that's what I've been doing through basically writing. So you mentioned about art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're an artist. Could you explain that just a little bit more? Sure. So I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree okay. from Bowling Green State University. Um, right now, as an agency owner, I'm um, really a designer, a graphic designer. Okay. So I apply, I help people do communications. You know, a lot of, I have a lot of clients who come to us and say, yeah, I'm really good at what I do. I'm great at selling insurance. Right. I'm great at building landscaping. We're great at building machines. We just can't market them. Right. So it's, it really comes down to how do we communicate um, and, and how do you communicate your value and relevance to the world? And, and that's no different for who we are as believers. How do we communicate not only the value and relevance of who we are in Christ, but of who Christ is to the world? Okay. And so I've, I'm really grateful that I've got this opportunity to merge my work and this, um, you, you mentioned it, you called it a ministry, and mm-hmm. I don't know that I see it as a ministry. I just see it as, a, as another outlet for this, the good work God has called me to do. I define ministry as that which follows in the wake of somebody that's following hard after Jesus Christ. Okay. So it could be anything that's done to the glory of God for sure. the extension of God's kingdom. But, I mean, it's touching lives, and you're building disciples and strengthening them in this particular area. Um, you know, the idea of communication, I, I'm reminded what Francis Schaeffer said, that God is, and he is not silent. He's the great communicator. Now he's given us this message of communication, and I think you're, you're using it well. And when you talk about the men coming to Friday morning, you know, sometimes, you know, we get 130, 140, 150 men. But this, this is a big issue that you just said, and you seem like you're closing the gap. Is I have my faith, I have my commitment to, to, to the Lord, and then I, here's my work a day. i got to go to work. And do these two merge together? How do they, they come together, blended? And so it's almost like, maybe how do you do that? And maybe you could describe just some of the things you've written and, and some of your... Sure. Uh, yeah, so when we think about that, when, the way I've looked at it is, you know, the church has equipped us to, and, and continues to equip us to know God through Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in that, scriptures talk about experiencing the joy of your faith. Well, where do, you know, it's, the church is, again, just that one part of our life. So when we work, when we spend time with our family, we should experience the joy of faith there as well. And so I just started thinking through, you know, the things I read, and I'll read a scripture, and something will just trigger a thought. So, um, for instance, one of the things I wrote about recently was um, when, when, I believe it was, um, i trying to think now, I lost it, um, one of, one, of the, one of the Old Testament figures sent his servant out to find um, a son. Abraham. Uh, Abraham, okay, mm-hmm. thank you. <laughs> well, Abraham, so Abraham sends his servant out to find um, a bride mm-hmm. for his son. And you know, that servant had no name. If you read that, he never names the servant. Right. So that's like us in our job sometimes. We go to work, we're told, you know, we're, we're given a, a 
a, a, I don't want to say command, we're given a request, we go and do it. But it's, it's just part of our job. And so we do that, but there's worth in that because there's obedience and then there's faithfulness to, the, to what we're called to do. And so looking at that from the big spiritual picture, but also how do we apply that to our daily lives? And just finding ways to connect what we read in Scripture with our everyday work. Um, Joseph, one of the things I love about Joseph's story is I mean, the guy gets thrown into prison yeah, for right. something he didn't do. When he gets out, he says to Pharaoh, look, our country is in danger. He doesn't say your country. He, he identifies himself um, as an Egyptian and he mm-hmm. says, our country is in danger unless you do these things. So even his circumstances didn't remove him from the identity he had found. And so when we think of ourselves as employees or, um, you know, parts of an organization. Is it our organization? Is it part of our identity? Mm-hmm. Just like, are we, do we identify ourselves with Christ enough that we feel we are part of God's family and part of the church? So just trying to make those connections in, in very applicable and just very down-to-earth ways. Interesting. Now, talking about Joseph, I'm thinking of the seven years famine and the seven years of the bounty. You know, we're in a very strange season uh, I mean, globally, uh, all phases of life have been disrupted from the uh, jobs and economy and schooling and sports. And what do you tell, share with a, a person, uh, one of the men, let's say, that comes to Friday morning, how do you get through a difficult situation where you started up a restaurant and now all you have is carry out? Maybe you have to close the doors, you have employees. How do you, in your terms of your discipleship, and, and we'll talk more about your blog and your manual. But what do, you, what do you say to them if you're having a conversation? How do you get through these, these times like that? Yeah, well, one of them is in, you know, that, that joy, you know, joy isn't really dependent upon circumstances. Mm-hmm. Our joy is in a person and not the circumstances we're in. So, and I know it's hard. I, you know, we've been in business 25 years. We've gone through some tough times. Mm-hmm. Um, this year for us has thankfully been okay. Mm-hmm. But before that, you know, there were years we just wondered how we were going to you know, make it from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. So, but in that, continually seeking God's face, re- you know, reading the Psalms, the reminders that God is faithful, His, his love is unfailing. You know, and that may sound like, okay, great, those are our words. Right. Um, I guess at the end of the day, it goes down to the, the Philippians, where it says, you know, don't worry about anything. Okay, let's take that, let's take God at His word there. Okay, okay. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to pray about everything. I'm going to thank Him for what He's done. And I'm going to tell him what I need. Well, reverse that. You know, tell him what I need and thank mm-hmm. him for what he's done. That's the new living that says, you know, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. That's good. It just really sums up then how we need to just then trust God with those things. And then, you know, from the practical side, you know, I've spoken with business owners this year who've come to me and said, look, I have about six weeks left. What do I do? Okay. Okay, well, then it's time to pivot. I so said, you should have thought about pivoting in February, March, but here are some things you can do. You know, one, night, one business owner I talked to had sort of a networking group where people paid a subscription to get business coaching, okay. but he countered on it being in person. He said, well, if you do this and this, you can build either an online community or use this technology tool to connect those people and continue to connect with them and provide that coaching. You know, he hadn't embraced the technology, so we, we, we have to learn how to pivot quickly and adapt ourselves in, to the new reality. You know, instead of fighting it, in a sense, it's going with the flow of it. Okay. Um, and that, that's just sometimes what we have to do. 
So people, men, businessmen come to you for advice and counsel, but you're also able to offer them that spiritual component like you just brought out of Philippians chapter 4. Right. Yeah. When, when the opportunity arises, and I'm always listening for those cues, and sometimes you know, those, those cues are there, but even, even if we're not able to, as, as believers and we're, we're giving wise advice or we're giving counsel, mm -hmm. we have to do it from God's perspective because right. if we just you know, lean on man's um, or just lean on business principles that may not be grounded in Scripture, mm -hmm. it's not going to work. So it's, so it's it's that balance. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And of course, with the entrepreneurship, you're you're helping people to be empowered. Uh, which at a time like this, uh, we can pray for wisdom. We can we can come together and network with one another. Which I think was a tremendous thing with the men's fellowship. We, people got to know each other, and so those things remain. We might have to do it differently, and as you say, virtually. And uh, but nevertheless, you're in a strategic role. As a, as, as, a, as a believer, as a mentor, a discipler, but also you're bringing this skill set and this experience. Um, how do you get together with men and pray? Or do you do that on a regular basis or with your staff? Or you're looking for creative ideas or praying for God's favor, like Joseph did when he gets out of prison? Yeah. I'm fortunate that we, we make once a week, we stop at 9 a.m. on Is Tuesdays. Right? We talk about each other's families, what our needs are, and we pray as a team. Um, so we bathe the business in prayer every week. We bathe our clients in prayer every week. And it's just such a privilege because, you know, we're fortunate and, you know, we work with for-profit businesses, you know, that are, I wouldn't, you know, we don't make the distinction between spiritual. Right. We, we work, you know, all, all work is, is, and all businesses are essential in my mm -hmm. book. Um, but we get also to work with God's Word to the Nation Mission Society okay. that publishes the God's Word Translation Bible. Mm -hmm. um, we support an organization that, uh, empowers the chief financial officers of 175 Christian colleges and universities. We're praying for those people every day because, you know, if, if, there's, if there's a bulwark of culture, if there's watchmen on, on you know, right. they're the ones who are there equipping the people who are moving through those institutions or, you know, providing the word. So we want to make sure those businesses um, and organizations thrive. Um, you know, um, my wife and I are part of a small group, and we do meet. And right now, we're meeting virtually every couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And we share. We've been sharing our family um, life journey together for sure. over twenty years. Um, it's just a it's a precious group that we have. The importance again of a small group, and then the larger church. You know, I like that. You know, yeah. it's essential, even though we can't do it the way we did it last year at this time. But nevertheless, so I like the fact that you're bringing these the spiritual influence. Yet you're reaching out to a secular world and, and you know that's amazing and then empowering people and just men are able to see kind of using you as a model or kind of saying okay we see what Brian's doing here and I like this and I like that. Now tell us a little about what you develop in terms of this training manual and how people can access uh, you know the download and everything else. Maybe you could describe that. Sure, sure. So about five years ago I started writing Entre Worship. It's E-N-T-R-E worship.com. Uh, okay. Worship. So it's the combination of entrepreneurship and worship with the idea that, you know, all work is worship. Okay. I mean, we're not supposed to worship work, but right. all work is worship because it's part of who we are, yeah. part of our expression in Christ. And so um, I've been writing you know, for a long time. It was weekly, then it got to be bi-weekly. Um, but then over the last year, I had the privilege of writing a devotional every week for one of these organizations and collected those over the year and turned them into a 30-day devotional. So the devotional is called Essential. 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 Mm -hmm. Finding worth in your work during uncertain times. Very timely. 
Did you did you do that? When did you start that? I started this in February, right? Before these. before oh, the yeah. COVID. Interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. almost prophetic. Well, so, so say the title again, please. So it's called Essential: Finding Worth in Your Work During Uncertain Times. And it's a thirty-day devotional. It's a thirty-day devotional. And so what I did is, you know, as part of this, it's part business venture. So um, I also then uh, applied to and got accepted with the Bible.com group, the YouVersion app on your phone, okay. mm-hmm. uh, to be a contributor. So I put, I took five of those uh, lessons from the devotional book and put them on YouVersion. Um, and those got went live early November, and so far about four thousand people have subscribed. Uh, about twenty five hundred have completed this, those that five day plan. Um, and then in January, Lord willing, we're just wait, doing some final details. The book will be published by V-Day Press, which is part of ChristianPost.com. And so if somebody's listening now, watching now, how would they access? What would they do to get to your site and get to access this material? So they could go to EntreWorship.com. Spell it once more. E-N-T-R-E. Okay. W-O-R-S-H-I-P.com. Okay. And there, there's a, an invitation to uh, join and get a free th- uh, a download, another download, download. Mm-hmm. but they could also go to Bible.com and just type in essential finding worth in your work, and that's how they would find that five-day plan. Interesting. Um, and it's just, you know, part of that is just my content's been, you know, just shared because it's, just, it's a passion project. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I just want people to be able to experience the joy of faith of, at work. Um, I've been able to do that, uh, and I think it's Again, we're spending 40 hours a week or more working, and you know there's a gap because the church. You know, like I said, we were talking about the church teaches us, you know, how to apply this, and, you know, the spiritual aspects to some things of our lives. But there's that gap between how do we apply it yeah. at work every day, right. um, and you know, and, and there are stories on entre worship uh, from things of conversations I've had with with men at. Um, our, our Friday morning fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one that I, I love that actually um, your son came up to me and said, I really like that one. It's called Jesus, the Extraordinary Strategist, okay. which is how wonderful counselor is, is translated in the net version of the Bible. Um, you know, I'm, one, of, one of my hobbies, one of my obsessions is just reading different translations of the scripture. Was that right? And so I use uh, an app called uh, Pocket Bible, and I'll constantly have three or four translations open and flip between them to try mm-hmm. to find a, just a different perspective on that. Um, you know, you referenced the joy many times in our conversation, and I often find this um, believers, men, uh, going through the grind of daily work and ups and downs of the market and everything else going on with family life, where joy is absent or it's somewhat transient. And, and joy, like you said, it's not the same as happiness. And happiness is very dependent on circumstances. Happy birthday, happy new year, mm-hmm. happy hour. Whereas joy, can you expand on that just a little bit, Brian? How do you maintain your joy? Because I can see it right here and I can see it in, in, in your work and what I know of it and these, the way you want to reach out, that we should have this joy as a possession because joy is very attractive in a joyless world. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. And, you know, if there's anything we need right now, it's, it's joy, uh-huh. it's hope. Um, it, it's, it's a discipline. It's, it's nothing that someone comes up to you and say, you know, I'm just really feeling down. Can you give me some joy today? Yeah, right, right. It's, it's a discipline, so we have to work at it every day. Um, people you know, know me, and, and part of how I'm wired just as a creative, I can tend to go 
Ellen Collie. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes my wife says I'm more of an Eeyore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, you know, so I work hard at finding joy when and where I can. And also then doing, so I think if we, if we focus on doing the things that bring us joy, mm. you know, we, we go through life a lot of times doing the things we think other people think we should be doing. Okay. So if we go through life living, trying to live up to other people's expectations that may or may not be relevant for us, that is going to demotivate us, which doesn't bring us joy. So if we find things that bring us joy by doing the things that we know, please God, of course, doing things that we're good at and to which we're called. Um, and that calling, of course, our calling first and foremost is always to Christ. Mm-hmm. But then we have that vocational calling. To, you know, where are our skills and our talents, um, our abilities really aligned with something that we really care about and love, uh, care about and love and where we can be making a difference in people's lives in somehow, in some way. Um, so when we're doing things that bring us joy, and when our, that joy is aligned with our passion, um, then, you got it. then yeah. it just, you know, it flows yeah. from there. And right. then we're more excited to go back to work the next day. Yeah. Um, I mean, I sure, we both know John Beckett, he wrote that book called sure. Loving Mondays. Well, you know, that's all about, you know, what, what, what really drives you there? Why, why do you want to get up to go to work on Monday? And, you know, if it's just f- for the paycheck, it's just for the paycheck. But yes. if you have purpose in it, and, and really, you know, and something I've been looking at over the past few months is 85% of the world's workers hate their jobs. Yeah, right. And this is, this is based on, on studies that have recently been published. So what do the other 15% have that the 85 don't? And that's purpose at you know, in their work. It's, it's, and so they're finding joy. They want to make a difference um, for their employees, for their families, um, in, you know, in their lives. And, and you said, first and foremost, you want to please God. And I'm reminded of seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But then you want to please others. You want to help others. You want to help them uh, in a startup business or the way to promote their business. And so I see that joy coming through and how God has blessed you, Brian, even now with these, this manual you're producing and now you're getting these blogs going, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's just really interesting, particularly at this particular time, where we are in, in, in uh, history and what's going on, on uh, globally. Sure, and I, I would say the, the, the theme of Essential um, you did come out because, you know, in March when, uh, I don't want, want to point any fingers, but our, our you know, governor said, only essential workers can go to work. It's like, wait a minute. One, you know, my job is essential. You know, wait, your job's essential. Mm-hmm. Whose job isn't essential to yeah. their family, to people? And so it's, it's a bit of a pushback against the fact, you know, us being labeled as essential or non-essential because that's divisive. And, you know, what Paul says, you know, there's neither Greek nor Jew. Yeah, right. nor, you know, we're all one in Christ. So we're not only essential in the world of work, but... You know, Paul also teaches us, you know, that whether you're a foot or a hand or part of the body, um, whatever part of the body you are, you are essential to the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And if we forget that, then that's when we start to feel, you know, isolated. That's okay. when we fart, start to wonder, does, does our job matter? Does my work matter? Am mm-hmm. I making a, a difference of any kind? Right. You know, what's the legacy I'm leaving behind? So it starts to, to ratchet up and speak to that bigger sure. picture, you know, what are people going to remember me for? Mm-hmm. What are people going to remember, you know, what came from my life? So we only have a little bit of time left, Brian, and, and we could go on here for another half hour, another hour. 
with your experience and your and what you do. Can you give okay? Can you give any advice, practical advice, <clears throat> to men that are watching or anybody that's watching the YouTube at this particular time? We're in this time of COVID, and there's a lot of going on in the in the world today. How to do in their work what you've done to get this joy, to get this sense of I'm pleasing God, I'm seeking God's will for my life, but I also want to help others. What can you give any closing advice? Sure. So if we go back to the greatest commandments, mm -hmm. you know, to do every well, to to love God and to love people. Mm -hmm. So if we do everything we do as 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 workers, as creative people, for the glory of God and for the good of others, we're fulfilling those two commands. And so when we're doing our work with excellence, I, would, I like to say when we're doing our work with excellence and attentiveness, because mm. you can go go to work and just go through the motions. <laughs> yeah, right. But that's, you know, that's not excellence. And if you're just going through the motions, it's not like you're re really being attentive. You know, I think there's right now an opportunity for so many business leaders to redefine the level of service that yeah. they're, they're giving to, to their customers. Or if you're a frontline worker, I mean, even if you work at a checkout, mm -hmm. um, well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, C.S. Lewis says, it, it, you know, whether you're the sweeper or you're, you're the one who's standing up in front leading, it's all for the glory of God. Glory of God. So you are a representative of um, a family, you are a representative of a king, and where we are called to, everybody can fulfill that, even if it's the smallest way. Wow, that's good advice. Well, Brian, would you close us in prayer and maybe pray for the men particularly that are watching that are, are having a difficult time and just uh, maybe we're going to go to your site and kind of get some follow-up uh, information that oh, you yeah. provide. Sure, hope they do. Heavenly Father, we are just again grateful to you and we lord i want to pray for the men who are watching this right now and the men who will be watching it in the future to remind them that they are essential to their families to you as a child of the king that they uh, that their work matters and that their work makes a difference lord it doesn't matter if we are um, someone who stocks shelves or pushes a broom or leads a business father in your eyes we are all equal before you in christ and because of that, when we are part of your family, we are essential to the working of the church. So, Lord, I pray that we would all work together to bring glory to you, to work for the good of others, and to honor you in all that we do in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you. God bless you. Have a blessed uh, New Year. Thanks, John. You too. Thanks for listening to the Everybody Brands podcast from Brian Soy. You can find more content like this at Aspire.com and in the forthcoming book, Everybody Brands, How High-Performing Companies Use Storytelling to Deepen Customer Relationships. In the meantime, look for books by Brian Soy on Amazon.com and discover resources to help you build powerful brands that inspire and engage at Aspire.com resources. Music from this episode is the track Wrong by Dan Hennig, found on youtube.com slash audio library slash music.